Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode. Wherever in the world you are listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on, as always, thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you for the kind messages. Thank you for all of uh, the emails that you've sent in and all of the uh, really nice things that you guys have sent our way. Really appreciate it and really looking forward to bringing you this one here today. Um, as as all of you know who've been coaching for any length of time, the 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 process for players to get recruiting it is uh it could be a very complicated, it could be a very daunting process, and it can be one that is filled with a lot of unknowns. And I feel like as the years go on, and especially in more recent years with the boom in social media, it, it's it's more crazy in some aspects than maybe it ever has been before. And I wanted to do this episode just to kind of talk about what the the current recruiting process is, you know, what the recruiting process looks like now and what players are kind of going through on their end. And as coaches, maybe learn some things maybe that we didn't know about what's happening in the recruiting process and what our players are going through as they're they're looking for the best opportunity for them in the future. So I'm I'm excited to learn from this. I know a little bit about the the recruiting game, but I I, I don't have as much insider information as my guest does. And, and that's why I'm, I'm happy to bring him on uh my, my guest he, he we call him a scout you can call him a recruiting director he has been doing a lot of great work out there in the state of new jersey helping student athletes kind of go through the recruiting process uh very happy to be joined uh, by george ross today thank you so much for joining us i know you're a busy man how we doing hey mike doing great doing great Th- thanks for having me yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Let, let, let's kind of start with your journey here, because I what what you do is definitely um, a, a unique position within the basketball world, and and I think that there's probably some people who, who don't even know like how how somebody even gets into this 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 type of work. So let, let's kind of start with with your journey and 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 why why is this something you're passionate about, and how did you kind of get started with it? Well, you know, I got started pretty much how how we all get started. You know, I played sports right through high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I started coaching pretty much right away. You know, youth level, CYO, that type of thing. Coached, you know, some uh, fifth and sixth grade, you know, CYO. Moved on to seventh and eighth grade, CYO. Then went on to, you know, like AAU. And then I ran a, a program out of um, our church in uh, Perth Amboy, New Jersey, where we um, we had kids from third grade right through high school. That's kind of where I, I started really looking at the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. See, then, then I went on, though, and, and I was a varsity assistant coach at uh, Perth Danwood High School for five seasons. But the recruiting has, it was always like in the back of my mind because when I was running this um, program at this church, like I said, we had kids from third grade right through high school. And mm-hmm. a couple of those kids had gotten recruited. And we had a kid, one kid went to a, a D3 in, I want to say Missouri. This is about 2009, so it's a while ago. But, um, you know, he went He went there. The school was a terrible fit for him. You know, he just kind of went, you know, wherever a coach contacted him from. Yeah. This is kind of before the social media kind of took over a lot of the, uh, the recruiting. So he really didn't have 
you know, he didn't really have all the information that he needed. Sure. He was just happy to, he just wanted to play. Yeah. And so he goes out to Missouri and, um, you know, he was back. He was home before Thanksgiving. Oh, I don't even no. think he made it to the beginning of the season. Oh, man. You know? Wow. You know, the school was just not a good fit for him. You know, he didn't fit in. He just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. That could have been on him or the school or probably a combination of both. You know, but it's just, you know, he ended up going into the military eventually, this kid. And the next the next year, we had another kid. He, he started off at a JUCO in Kansas. Okay. Right? And, the, and the, the story was that this these guys who recruited him, they kind of told him, hey, you know, you come you come play for us. One year, you have a good year, we'll get you on to Kansas State. Hmm. Right? And it's like, you know, that's a pretty big jump for a kid that is playing Juco. He's going to jump one <laughs> year, he's going to jump to Kansas State, who was really good at the time. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, he played his one year, you know, that completely fell through. He ended up, you know, kicking around for a couple of years. He ended up playing Division Three back in New Jersey about five years later. So it was like he, you know, if he would have found the right school, because the kid mm-hmm. could play, if he would have found the right school, he he wouldn't have wasted. He ended up wasting like three, four years of, you know, I don't want to say eligibility because, you know, it wasn't like that. But he wasted like three, four years and ended up not graduating college till he was about 25. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed... At that point, it just seemed like there has to be a better way to do this, right? So that's why in 2012, I found Recruit Look, you know, and Recruit Look, we um we really call ourselves really more of a scouting service than a recruiting company. Sure. Right? A recruiting, a scouting service, we're only going to work with the student athletes that we feel can compete at the college level. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're not someone who's going to take anybody. Just to just to take their money. I mean, it's it's just that's what people think when once they hear a recruiting company, they automatically think that they automatically think, okay, these are the people that have been calling me. They don't even know if my kid can play. They don't know anything about my son or daughter, yeah, uh-huh. and they just they just want to take our money. They're going to tell us we're going to send a thousand emails to a thousand different schools, and hope and just that hope. somebody likes your son <laughs> enough to communicate with them and mm-hmm. possibly recruit them down the road, right? But they'll mm-hmm. let you think that that, e- that email blast that they're going to send out to all these schools is going to get your son or daughter recruited. Sure. And, yeah. you know, and we all know that that's not, well, we don't all know. I mean, a kid, a kid growing up, you know, he doesn't know. He might think that it, one email to uh, Coach Calipari and he's playing at Kentucky, right? <laughs> if he gets Coach Cal in the right mood, you know, he might, you know, give them a shot. You yeah, know, there's a lot said, of they things don't know. That, that are told to kids that, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, we know from being around long enough that isn't true. But the kid himself and even his parents, they don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and they're going to they're gonna listen to a, a story about from somebody who most of the time had another kid recruited. They could point to a kid, say, oh, well, you know, I worked with, you know, take your pick, a big time division one player. Mm-hmm. And the parents seem to think that, oh, well, he got so-and-so a scholarship. But, but you know that's not the truth. That kid would have got a scholarship to any school he wanted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And that's kind of where why I got started in this was, um, you know, just seeing 
kids kind of getting taken advantage of. And, you know, and I, I really can't, really can't stand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that there's so much that, especially for players, right. Who, who don't, who, who don't know what they don't know and, and they don't know right. uh, what, what, is out there and, and probably for a lot of them, you know, that they, they, and we can get into this a little bit later. They, they just probably don't even know where to start. And, and so probably whoever is, uh, seems the flashiest, right. Or, or, or whoever it is that, that is maybe advertising them the most, they might just jump onto that first one. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll circle back or probably talk about that here in a little bit. But I, I did want to ask in, in your experience, cause so much has changed. Um, just even from when you, when you started, uh, about a little over 10 years ago, go about what 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 is it what is kind of the recruiting process like today would you say for for recruits in order for them to get noticed and to be seen by the right people versus even how it was you know 10 years ago well you see the um really the the difference now is the um social media mm -hmm. i mean social media i mean that 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 can mess with a kid i mean in so many different ways right so you always hear this, this story about the kids. You always tell a kid to keep, you know, all his social media clean. So they coach. Coaches will actually use your social media to disqualify you. That's something okay. that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. But they will. You know, like, like a coach will have, you know, seven, eight kids that he's looking at. And, and they, they will take the time to go through all your social media accounts. Especially really? like Twitter, because every coach is on Twitter. Right, every coach and every athlete is on Twitter. Right, so let's be mm -hmm. honest about that. That they will find, and if, if you try to hide something on their social on your social media, they're going to find that too. It's like, and they, and especially on Twitter, they can find your likes. Right, your likes. I mean, if you're liking a bunch of crazy stuff, and you know, and and the coach feels like, oh, he's not going to be good for my program. I don't yeah. want. Him. Right, and, so and that's, like immediately disqualify you right away. Right, and you're disqualified. And you don't even have a chance, really, you know, to defend yourself. No. Right? I mean, I have an example. I had a kid okay. a couple, well, about two years ago, right? He has a picture on his, on his Twitter, and it's him and another kid about his age. They're sitting on a couch. The one kid's, like, laughing and falling off the couch. They got these red cups in their hand, right? So you're thinking, oh, man, listen, you got to get that party picture off, off your Twitter, Mm -hmm. And the kid says, "Oh, well, wait, that was that was at my eight-year-old cousin's birthday party, right?" <laughs> and it's like, "Well, that's not what that looks like." Yeah. Right? So to someone who looks at that is going to think, you know, you're you're out, you know, partying every weekend. What are you going to be like when I bring you to my school? You know, you're away from home for the first time. You know, what are you going to be like then if yeah, you're yeah, already, yeah. you know, sort of kind of out of control already? You know, oh, you're gonna you're gonna start doing this every night. You're gonna start, you know, not going to class. You're gonna be an el academically ineligible. Whatever, you know, they could draw any conclusion from that. Sure. And then be like, well, I don't want them, right? And what kids have to realize, with every kid being on social media, I mean, if you really wanted to find, you know, a point guard, you could go find 300 point guards by mm -hmm. in the next three hours if you really wanted to. Right, so it's just next, next up, next kid. I don't want him, and that kid will be—he'll be taken off that coach's list, and he doesn't even know what he did wrong. And, and, and I feel like, 
Well, once you're off that list, I'm, I'm sure you, you, you got, you're, you're never getting back on it. Cause like you said, there's so many others that are out there. Right. Right. I mean, it'd be like, you know, like if we were going for a job, right. And um, we're both going for a job at Microsoft or whatever, come take your pick. And we have something, you know, that they don't like mm. you're, you're done. You're never going to, right. You have something wrong on your resume or something that they don't like. You're gone. You're off the list and that's it. Right. So you have to keep your social media like a resume almost. Right. And it has to be, you know, kept clean, has to be kept up to date. You know, I don't know how many times I get that. I'll get a I'll get a kid contact me, his social media say he's a five eight guard when he just hasn't updated his bio in the last three years and he's really six three. Mm-hmm. Right. And the coach will say, see that five eight guard. What am I gonna do with him? I don't know, <laughs> you know, no thanks. Yeah, no, no, he, he grew, but he never updated. Yeah, exactly. Right, or yeah. or he didn't update his his video, and you and you you turn the video on, and um, you know, there's nobody in the bleachers. You know, this is a freshman game, or what? You know, who's he playing against? What is, you know, what what, what am I even looking next? Mm-hmm. Right next, to, I got another, I got a list of three hundred kids I can go to, and I, I don't have I, to spend time with this kid. And I think that maybe. Uh, that that might be a misconception that 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 players might have is just how much is that it, it seems like and I'll let you speak on is that you know the, these coaches that they're not spending maybe necessarily like they they don't have tons and tons of time to comb through a bunch of stuff if one, what they see initially right away on that you know Twitter on that social media profile they're gonna assume like that that that's the truth and that or, or like with that picture that you talked about like they're going to draw their own conclusion and then they're going to move on one way or the other like they're gonna they're gonna kind of make these decisions ra- rather quickly and kind of put them in one of two piles right exactly and you don't want to get in that other pile i mean you, you <laughs> want because once you're in that pile you're you're out yeah. right you, i i went and i found 30 more guards that i could talk to i you know you look like you look like you can play and everything but I got these other 29 kids that I can talk to too. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it is that easy considering everybody is on, you know, social media. It takes a coach an hour to find 15 guards that he likes. Uh, and, 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 and I wonder if that's kind of maybe, maybe something that, that maybe players don't understand or maybe even we as coaches can probably help our players with is I think that especially with with social media and how much is out there and how many players are out there and 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 how you know wide the recruiting area is maybe sometimes our our players don't necessarily understand how many people they're competing against and just how many people there are out there like you can kind of get you know kind of stuck and kind of like look around you in your immediate neighborhood or your immediate area and think to yourself like, oh, like I'm the best player in this area or the best player in this neighborhood, but maybe not realize just how many people that 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 you're competing against for for a, a spot collegiately. And, and I wonder if maybe some players players don't uh, really uh, understand how many people they're competing against, or maybe we as coaches got to do a better job kind of letting them know like who their competition is when they're trying to get recruited. Yeah, yeah. See, like when I when I start working with the kid, I'll mm-hmm. always go over the odds, the the, the odds it's going to take for him to get from a high be a high school player to a college player. Sure. Right. And if you're going to go to play at an NCAA school, right? So either Division One, Division Two, or Division Three, they say the odds are three point four percent. Okay, so three and a half kids out of every hundred will make it to a Division One, Two, or Three level. Okay, and that breaks down 
to 1% Division I, 1% Division II, and 1.4% Division III. Hmm. Right? So wow. if, you, if you're going to include JUCO and NAIA, they say, because there's not exact numbers, but what people will tell you is it'll work out to be about 7% of kids will okay. be able to go on to play at one of those levels. Right? So oh. you got 1%, and, and I don't know how, what the percentage of kids that I talk to, they, they think they're a Division One player. <laughs> right? yeah. They do. They I hear do. that and, a lot, and, yep. You know, and their parents are just as bad, honestly. You know, mm. they, they are. They're, they're, they're just as bad. They're, they're 1%, 1%. So when you watch these teams play, like on ESPN, no matter who it is, right? It could be, I don't know, SMU in Colorado, who you know they're not considered basketball powerhouses, right? Well, Division One, one they, yeah. they, they are selecting those kids from the top one percent, mm-hmm. right? Now they might come out of JUCO and you know that kind of thing, but you know, honestly, it's about one yeah. percent are going to go from high school. Division one basketball. And, wow. Yeah. And I mean the odds of that are, are just and and so I think know, when it, you when you when you when you kind of put it that way and then you're like that that's that is who your competition is to try and get that one percent. That's you know, you once you start thinking about that way, like who who it is, how many people in that sense then that recruit has to be, you know, either either better than or or has to, you know. Just how many positions are available? I, I think may, maybe maybe hopefully helps uh, put the reality in again. Not saying it's impossible, but at least puts it in a more like realistic term so that the player players understand like just how select it is at that level at any collegiate level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think people realize that. I mean, and there's like another stat that I always like to bring up is mm-hmm. everybody's looking for that full ride, right? The full ride athletic scholarship. Yeah. One percent of college athletes, actually, they say less than one percent. I've heard like 0.8 percent of college athletes are on a full ride athletic scholarship, and that's in all sports. Mm. So your odds of getting that full ride athletic scholarship are almost lottery odds. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. you know, you just have to have to say like it is. Right. And it's something that, you know, kids just, kids will never pick that up. Right. Mm -hmm. They're all county. They're a great player. You know, they, they've only seen, well, they've only seen what they've seen. Sure. I mean, you know, you you can't blame them. But sometimes, you know, you you have to, you open a kid's eyes to listen, your competition is the world. Yeah. College basketball, you can't watch a game without seeing international players. Right, yeah, so, so someone's recruiting these kids in Croatia and Argentina and all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, so to say that oh, I'm uh, the second team here would be Middlesex County. All second, second team Middlesex County guard. I had a great season, so yeah, you're you're a good player. No one's saying you're not. But when you start talking about you know Division One, I, I mean, are you? On that level, I mean, honestly, you're not. Ninety percent, well, ninety nine percent of the time, you're not. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I, I think, and, I think you know. the just the skill level 
or 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 what really is a, a, a D1 athlete. And I think you've probably had to have this conversation before too. Like what actually is a D1 athlete, I think is just it it, it there's probably a lot of players and even probably a lot of coaches who really don't understand truly what that means to have the skill level to play at that level at any D1 school. Yeah, no, they really, people really don't, you know, and, and like anything else, like if you, like with your high school team, if a kid is the best kid you've ever coached, right, he's the best kid you've ever seen. He's the best kid you've coached. So, you know, you can fall into uh, thinking that your kid is better than other kids in other places. You know what I mean? You can, you can start. I, I've, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I've, I've, I've thought a kid, oh, he's a division one player. Oh, and then the coach like, well, you know, he's, you know, he's 5'11". Yeah, but he's really quick. Yeah, but he's, he's 5'11". Yeah, I, I know, but he's, he's tough. He's, you know, I, I can talk myself into believing that my kid is much better than he is. You know, when people fall into that, and and, and, and they don't, for a lot of coaches, right? They want that. what's they want what's best for that player too, and they they're sure. trying, you know, they they're, they're seeing it through a different lens too, right? Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, that we all want because of the, you know, the these stories about you hear them, and I'm sure you've heard them mm -hmm. about coaches, you know, trying to not let a kid, you know, like someone comes and talks about a kid, like a college coach comes to him, and the coach bad mouths him and doesn't want him to get get a scholarship, doesn't get offers. Or doesn't want them to be recruited. I hear those stories. I can't imagine those stories. I can't imagine them being true. I I, I have to come mm. right out and say it that I don't. I don't think a high school coach gets a call from a from a college coach and says the coach says I want to talk to you about Johnny Smith, and that coach says Johnny Smith, no way. Johnny <laughs> Smith has an attitude about he's this. He said blah, blah, blah. I can't imagine that ever happened. I I, don't, I yeah <laughs> I, I don't think it does. But we hear about it. That it does like it happens every day, and I can't imagine that happening pretty much ever. I, I maybe yeah. I'm wrong, or maybe I, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. I might consider myself a coach first, so uh, yeah. maybe I'm just I'm just defending coaches, and um, I don't want to admit it, but I don't think so. I don't think that ever happens. Well, I, 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 I surely hope I never come into a situation in my career where I feel like that's something that I would say. So, I that, that's what I hope, but uh, uh. I was also, you know, curious about um, when it comes to uh, players. Uh, when it, when I think one of the the topics I hear talked a lot about, and I, and 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 it's talked about on you know Twitter and talked about on social media and everything is about um, exposure and and players putting themselves in a position and to be seen in terms of uh, events they go to or showcases they show up at and trying to make sure that they're, they're seen by, by the right type of people and, and go into the, you know, the right type of, you know, of events and, and, and things of that nature. So I, I was just curious in your experience, like how, how, how do players, what, what do they need to do in terms of these, um, live events and in terms of like AAU and things like that, what, what sort of decisions they need to, to make to make sure that they're, you know, putting themselves in front of the right people to be seen. Okay. So we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about the division one kids. Right? Talk about anybody who's got aspirations beyond, beyond high school and just, right. just wants to be out there be noticed and seen. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're talking about like the division two, division three, sure. yep, yep. NAIA level kids. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Best thing they, they can do. All right. They get on their, AAU team, 
Okay. They have to start contacting coaches, right? Mm. You, you can't wait for a coach to come see you okay? because at that level, they're not going to come right out and see you, right? So they're, they're going to be at tournaments, but you know, we've all been to these, these AAU tournaments where you get there, there's four gyms, everybody's got playing same time, yep. right? You don't know who's who, right? Coaches aren't just going to walk in there just blindly and just hope they see somebody. Right, they're gonna want to go. They're gonna go in there with a list of kids they want to see. Right, they're mm-hmm. gonna go in. Hey, I talked to Johnny Smith and Billy Jones and so and so. He's playing at three o'clock. My other kid's playing at four thirty. The other kid's playing at five fifteen. Yeah, they're so coming in with a plan. <laughs> right, they know because those kids have contacted those coaches before. Right, there's already. A, somewhat of a relationship between them, right? They went back and forth with emails. They went back, maybe they, they talked on the phone, you know, whatever the case. But the kid has made contact with those coaches. And then he is sending this, this schedule to those coaches. And the coach could say, hey, Johnny, I'm, I'm going to be in New Jersey. Um, where, where are you playing in July? And Johnny could send him, you know, his schedule, say, hey, I'm playing at, um, at Montclair State on Saturday the 5th. You know, you know, be great if you could come by, right? The coach happens to be in New Jersey. He comes and sees Johnny Smith play, right? Mm-hmm. Unless there's another kid there who's, you know, 6'9 and dunking on everybody, <laughs> right? You're never going to stand out, right? I mean, you know, to be honest with you, it's hard to stand out. Sure. Because most of the kids that we're talking about are between 5'10 and 6'1, right? Mm-hmm. And they're guards. When you say a dime a dozen, <laughs> they're like a dime per thousand. Per thousand, right? yeah. And any kind of a AAU event that you go to, there's going to be 300 of those kids, right? And to, to, to stand out in that crowd is, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. You can at some, you know, sometimes, but. You're going to have to really probably be doing something special. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to have to be, you know, that coach has to be in the right place at the right time. And they have have to be seen. You could have put up 45 points on court three when he's watching one of his kids that he knows about on court one. Yep. Right. And it's like it never happened. (laughs) Right. And and it it never happened. Then the kid puts it on his his Twitter the next day. Oh, I scored 45 points. Nobody really saw it. But, um, you know, if you score, if you score, if you score forty-five and no one sees it, did, did it right. really happen? Yeah, did it really, right, did it really happen? But you know, the next time, be like, oh, well, next time in New Jersey, uh, Billy, maybe I'll see you. But I was busy seeing Johnny on court one because I already had a little bit of a relationship with him, and I got out to see him. Yeah, and if he had maybe made that that contact beforehand, and then they maybe would have had a, a a better chance, better chance of getting noticed, and 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 right. so. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about about what 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 should that contact to that coach be like? So if I want to, if, if a recruit wants to reach out to a coach and they're they're trying to say, hey, like, start establishing that connection, that conversation. What 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 would what advice would you give as to how should that email, how should that message be structured in a way that uh, it, it is is positive, productive, and and puts that recruit in 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 the best in the best light. See, when I, when I have a kid that um, I always want to put, I always want to do an email first. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to open the conversation with email more than, say, Twitter. I just think it's easier for the coaches to keep everything organized sure. to email. 
you know, and, you know, I always like that first because sooner or later you're going to be sending attachments and, you know, you're going to be sending transcripts, you're going to be sending all kinds of stuff. So at some point there has to be, you know, an email, you know, conversation going on. Um, I would follow up maybe, hey, you know, coach, I, I sent you an email on Twitter, uh, I sent that on Twitter, said talk, you know, following up, you know, on the email. Like later, like a week later, I'd say, hey, you know, coach, I sent you an email. You know, hey, maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe we could talk or, you know, however you want to word it. It really doesn't doesn't matter. But the email, I always feel is the key, right? And mm -hmm. I wanted, I want a kid to, all of his information right there for that coach, right? I want the school, the coach's information, you know, his high school coach or his AAU coach. I'd like both. If, if any, I'd like. I would probably rather I would rather have the high school coach. Right? I think the mm -hmm. high school coach is around a kid more, you know, and sees him playing at a different from a different angle, you know, kind of like the AAU. You know, you kind of like AAU is a lot of times like a pickup game, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you know, we've all seen those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always and I did more. I coached more high schools, so maybe I'm you know biased to that, but. um I always like the high school coach, you know, to be contacted by a college coach because I think he could also talk about, you know, grades, you know, all that kind of stuff, attitude, how he is with teammates, you know, how he is with other teachers. Mm -hmm. you know, you, I mm -hmm. think you could get more of a really like more a picture of picture. how that kid yeah. really is. Yeah. Right. But but when like like getting back to your question, I would I would like to have you know all the information the coach would need on me if I'm sending him an email. Okay, I want everything. I want my high school. I want my my GPA. I want where I went to camp, what AAU teams I've played for, any any awards that I've won. You know, it always looks good. But I want I want that that coach to know that I really want to play for. Mm. Right. I want to yeah. personalize it a little bit. You know, like hey, I um, hey coach, I I saw you I saw you play against. You know, I don't know. Montclair State last month. You know, you guys played a great game. You know, I'd like to be part of your program. You know, something like that. Something personal where the coach knows that you want to play for him. Right? And you're not just spamming just, every yeah, coach in the state. It's probably very easy to pick up on three a, states. It's probably very easy to pick up on a, you know, generic email template that you could clearly tell was sent to just like everyone possible. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. honestly, I get them. People yeah. see me on Twitter and they send me, hey, hey, coach, I'd love to be part of your program. And they say, wow, how many people did you send this to? <laughs> you know, I do. I get, I get it. I got one yesterday. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and whatever. I mean, you know, I don't care. I, I look at it. But some guys won't, right? Yeah. That's why we get we go back to that, that old style of recruiting company that people have in their mind where they're going to send a thousand emails, right? So if you're the coach at um I don't know East Strasburg or someplace Division Two, you're going to get all these emails from all these kids or, sure. or about all these kids from whatever the company is, and the first five six of them are going to be kids that really don't have the talent to play Division Two. Right, so mm -hmm. now every one of those emails that 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 gets sent to this guy, he's going to stop opening them. But go, mm -hmm. these guys again with their their email now. No thanks, right? I mean, you could see how that would be. That would yeah, be like yeah, spam. Yeah. That'd yeah. be spam at that point. Yeah, it's just like it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not worth it. Yeah. 
Right. Makes sense. So, you know, so and the email and what I left out is I, the email has to come from you. It has to come from you to the college coach. And you have to have and something I always kids are getting better with it. But um, you have to have a professional sounding email. Right? <laughs> it, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Emails you wouldn't yeah. believe. Right. So, I mean, it has <laughs> to be something. Even if you set up a Gmail account just for your recruiting. It's probably easier right. to do it that way. Just have yeah, one separate email kept, just for it. Yeah. Right. And everything's kept in, in, in the same spot. And it's Johnny.Smith8. I used a bad name because there's going to be a million Johnny Smiths maybe. But you know what I mean? It'll yeah, be, yeah, yeah. You know, Johnny.Smith8 at gmail.com. Right. Something yeah. professional sounding. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I can't tell you how many ridiculous sounding emails that the kids use. And, you know, but kids are getting better at that. I will, I will give them that. Maybe it's easier than when I started. Maybe it's easier just to start a new Gmail. I guess years ago, you know, they had they had some email since they were ten. Yeah, yeah. And they've been using that for the last seven years. <laughs> right, right. No, and you know, you know. So, so you like, get get that like, professional email in. Right, yeah. like zero tolerance at mm -hmm. yahoo.com. You know, let's not. You know, let's get away from that. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, you mentioned about, uh, uh, and I know we talked before we started recording, you, you, you talked about, you know, re re recruiting services in, in, in general, and, and there's so many out there. And so, and I think there's more that pop up every single day. I think of when one closes, like two show up in its place. Um, what should players, parents, coaches, what, what should they know about, about recruiting services and, and, and in general and, and how to make sure that they're, they're finding ones that are actually going to serve their, their needs well versus ones that are, are just going to happily take their money and not do anything for them? Okay. Yeah. You know, the one thing, you'll see them on Twitter all the time, right? And I, I like to refer to these, these people as time wasters, right? <laughs> these are the guys who... They'll post something and it'll be like, um, do you want to play? I just saw one yesterday. Okay. It said something like, do you want to play for North Carolina football? Drop your huddles. Right. So three, so 200 kids think somehow that this is directly going to North Carolina. And it's actually football. I see it a little more in football than basketball, but I still do see it in basketball too. That um, they'll honestly think that this coach at North Carolina has something to do with this, you know, company that that is saying, hey, if you want to play in North Carolina, drop your huddles. Right? They're just really getting your information. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. They're 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 just doing it to get to, to up their followers because people like to brag about how many followers they have, mm -hmm. even though most of some of the followers won't won't make a difference to you if you sign up with them. Because there's going to be other kids. Yeah, sure. Right? There's going to be other high school kids that are trying to be recruited just like you are. They're in the same boat. There might, there's probably some college coaches or whatever that will follow them. But I don't. I, I think anybody that leads with my number of followers, I think mm. kind of that's kind of uh, that, that that's kind of lying to a kid. You know, yeah. I do. I think that's kind of lying to a kid. Where hey, I have all these followers. But I don't know who's you know who in, who in that follower list is going to help you, right? It's like he got nine just, million followers. It's yeah, it's just, it's just the number. Yeah, right. It's there are other kids and some kids that are that are out of high school for three years, right? Who just never unfollowed you, 
Right. So what, what mm. good is that going to do you? Right. right. So anybody that, that reads with their follower number, I think they're a little off. You know, unless you could go on there and you take a look at their followers and you see that they're all legit. Like there's some guys that are legit on, on Twitter that if you look at them, hey, they're, they're legit. They, they actually have those followers. Sure. But they're not really out there for the most part. I mean, they're not really out there trying to get money. You know, so they're they're a little different. I mean, they, these these other guys, they're just they're just there, and they're really going to be a waste of time, right? So, you know, those, those guys. Then there's another company, and I don't remember the name of them, but they've been around for a while. Where okay. they'll send out emails for you, and if a, if a school opens your email, they send you an email saying. Georgia Tech is looking at me, right? You used to see this a lot more than you do now. Maybe they've calmed down with this. But, yeah, you'll, you'll see a kid. I saw a kid last summer. And all these, all these schools are looking at him. He was a football player. Mm -hmm. You know, Georgia Tech is looking at me. Louisville is looking at me. You know, all these schools are looking at me. And then you go down this, oh, I'm, I'm excited. Today I play my first JV game. <sighs> <laughs> what? You know, let, what? You know, let that oh, sink in. Oh right? no. Yeah. Right. I, I try to play my first JV game. And it's like, kid, do you honestly think that these Georgia Techs and these guys are honestly looking looking at you? <laughs> and you know, and, and and I don't mean to, to really kill anybody's hopes or whatever. It's just and maybe realistically, really yeah. But what's gonna happen now is that kid is gonna go on thinking, hey, I got a shot. Oh, don't tell me I can't play D1. Right, then I'll, I'll contact a kid like this and they'll be like, Well, who who have you, you know, have you have you talked to any coaches? Oh yeah, Georgia Tech's looking at me and this these guys are looking at me. And I'm looking at your stats like, okay, well, you know, you, you look like the typical D three kid to me. Yeah. But well, you but you know, you're you're either crushing the kid's dream at that point. People like to blame me for that. Just by telling them the truth. And it's uh, like, well, you know, it's kind, really, it's kind yeah, of like yeah. somebody has to at some point, right? Isn't that kind of how yeah. you feel? Like, like it's some they they've almost been lied to along the way up until then, or or they've, you know, not been been delusional, or or, or some somebody has failed to to give them a realistic view, and you almost kind of feel right, like your responsibility, like it's for the best for this kid to you know break it to him. Yeah, yeah, because you know when when you come on, say you come on and work with me. And we start contacting Division One schools like you want to do. And you don't start getting any response. Right? You've already wasted two years thinking that the Georgia Tech coach is going to send you an offer one of these days. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it, you know, and like we said early on in this, that you don't know what you don't know. I mean, there's no way that these kids would know this. Like this kid, I think he was a Pennsylvania kid. He's going to go on thinking that that Division One offer is coming, right? That his senior year, he might still be thinking that, right? He'll go to camp at some, you know, one of these schools just as a moneymaker, right? Let's be honest. I mean, the college coaches, they, they, they have to have camps, right? A lot, of, a lot of the coaches make money on the camps, yeah. right? That's how, that's how they do make money a lot of times, especially like assistant coaches. That's where all their money comes from. So they have these camps. They, they have to sell them out. 
Well, you take like a like a basketball, like a basketball program, say a Division One program. Like mm-hmm. they might bring in, I don't know, three kids a year, four kids a year. It's only allowed thirteen scholarship players, right? And it's a headcount sport, so you can't, right? So if you're giving a kid a scholarship, you're giving the kid a full scholarship, mm-hmm. right? So you're not even like a football scholarship, you know, below FBS, like FCS. You know, you you can you can have like, um, you know, you just have a pool of money that you could split up your number of scholarships that the school is going to offer, and you can bring in three kids on a on a full scholarship, right? And you get that full scholarship money, you break that up three ways, bring in three kids. I mean, you know. basketball, like if you play Division One, I, I mean, headcount sport is you know you get a scholarship. Once you give a kid a dollar, that counts as your scholarship. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if they're having a, a camp of who knows three weeks, you know, two hundred kids each. Day. I mean, you got six hundred kids coming to camp. You're 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 really signing three kids, four kids tops. Yeah. Right, what about the other two hundred ninety-six right. kids at that camp? Right, the, you know, you, you num- have to numbers go into at that this, point. Yeah. Right, right. You you have to go into this knowing knowing these things. Right, because if you like, he's, like I was saying before, if you go in, you're the five nine guard, and you go into Rutgers camp. Right, there's there's two hundred and fifty kids. Maybe there's six kids that the Rutgers coaches want to look at. Right, yeah. they're, they're not looking at the other hundred ninety, whatever it's hundred ninety four kids. Right, you're going, and it's good to go and and learn, you know, work on some things, but not come out of it thinking. You know, I'm gonna play there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so the, you know, and and then also people will always correct me when I say that there will be other coaches that work the camp. You know, there might be some local Division three schools. You know, a Fairleigh Dickinson or a, you know Montclair State. One of those those guys might be around, and maybe you could catch the eye of one of those coaches. Sure, that happens. But you know, what everybody has those Division one eyes, at least when they start off. And the sooner you get rid of those Division One only eyes, the better off you'll be. Yeah, it's I I I think one of the things that I've I've kind of kind of just 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 heard reinforced a few times uh, from from talking to you is just 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 the numbers that that are involved and 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 just how select it is in order to be playing at that next level. And you kind of break it down break it down in numbers. I think that it's just kind of a a good could kind of a wake up call maybe for for a lot of coaches and players just how few spots there are and just how exceptional uh, a player has to really be at to be playing at any level because it, there there's just not that many spots that are there available. Right, right. There's too many players for too little spots, you mm-hmm. know, and that that's just kind of how it is a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But you know, at Division three. There's a lot of opportunities at Division Three. Here's the, the thing that people yeah, go for it. Yeah, talk about that, that. That people never seem to understand. Every year, you have the same talk with people, right? And Division Three coaches, they can offer merit scholarship money, academic scholarship money, you know, endowment money. Uh, I've seen the kid get a leadership scholarship money. Where a Division Three school can actually meet the same deal a Division II coach can give you, right? Now, it won't say, you know, 
bad, you know, athletic scholarship on it. But the money that you're going to have to pay out of pocket or, you know, the, the, the money that is, it's going to actually cost you to go there say, is going to be the same. Right. Mm -hmm. See, this is something people get, get mixed up all the time is they think that there's no athletic scholarships at division three, but there's other ways that division three coaches can work with you. And there's, there's even more ways than, than I know, because I hear things all the time about, you know, like state schools where a kid, um, if you, you go to a Division three school, which is a state school, let's say, and um, like Pennsylvania has a bunch of them through Penn State, and New York has a bunch of them too, where if you have a job and you live on campus for a year, you can then start to pay the state cost for going to school. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, I don't want anybody to quote me on that. You know, you go through your coaches, your Coaches, if you contact those schools, you know, Penn State, Harrisburg, Penn State, you know, um, Lehigh Valley, whoever it is, Penn State, Altoona, right? If you, you, but what I'm trying to get at is if you start contacting these Division three schools, you'll see that these guys, these coaches, if they want you, they can make, make it work for you, right? Now, of course, you're probably going to have to pay something. I mean, no, you know, other than Division one. I mean, nobody gets a full scholarship. Yeah. Right. I mean, All you right. could sometimes com combine academic money, you know, things like that. But for the most part, you know, you are going to pay something. Right. And uh, what I always say to people is, hey, you know what? You want to use basketball to help you pay for your education. Right. Not so much get a scholarship, but to get that, you know, to, to get that money towards that education where you're not starting off your adult life with a ton of student loan debt. Right. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and, and, you know, I think for, for, and, and I mean, uh, and you know, this and a lot of, a lot of people li listening know this as well is that for th the ones who are fortunate enough to play in college. So very, very few of them are, are going to be playing beyond college anyway. So to, you know, putting yourself in a position where you're setting yourself up for your future after your basketball playing career is done. I mean, there, there certainly is nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, I always want to tell a kid, Hey, you know, your grades are really going to open doors for you. Sure. Right. And that's not just something that your mother tells you. So you do your homework. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. truth. Right. So like all that, that I just said about the, um, the division three schools, right? That's merit scholarship money. That's, um, you know, academic money. That's all going to be dependent on your grades. Yeah. Right. So if you have those good grades, you know, you have a whole list of schools available to you that the kid who's just a basketball player who might be better than you, right? The kid that's better than you has a 2.3 G core GPA, right? Division three, there is no minimums. Right, that's another thing. Everybody kind of gets confused where they say, "Okay, to play Division One and Two, you have to have a two point three minimum G core GPA." Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's you know that's those top level players, like we've been talking about. Right. Those Division Three level players, right? They're, those schools, there is no Division Three doesn't have any minimums. Right, you're going to have to get into the school. Right, so that oh, really okay. good player with the two point three GPA who barely qualifies for Division Two or Division One, 
he's not going to qualify for a lot of Division three schools. Mm. Right? So he's better than you, but you could end up better than him because your, your scholarship money coming from academics. Schools give out way more academic money than they do athletic money. Athletic money, yeah, sure, of course. Right? So, I mean, that kid who's a good player, I mean, obviously you have to be a good player. You have to be able to play at that level, you know, the coach coaches at. I mean, you know, we all know that, right? That's that's a given. Mm-hmm. But if you can play at that Division three level and you have that 3.5 poor GPA or that 3.3, right, you set yourself up for that merit scholarship money, that academic scholarship money, endowment money, and all, all kinds of different different things go into it. But without going out and really searching where you fit, you're never going to learn that. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I, I think gets missed by a lot of kids is there's more opportunities than they think. But the opportunities aren't the ones that they're thinking about when they think about being on ESPN, you know, playing against North Carolina on a sure. Tuesday night. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. And go ahead. I'm okay. So I think that, you know, I, I, it's, it's, there's just so much out there. And I think that that's one of the things, and, and I've talked to other guests and I've talked to other, other coaches about this, even those who, who do coach at a D3 or NAIA level. I think that there's a lot that our players just don't know about the collegiate level beyond, beyond D1 and beyond the way on the, beyond the things that they see, you know, on, 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 on ESPN or on, on these major networks. I think there's, there's so many misconceptions that still exist about what, you know, college basketball looks like at those levels, plus all the opportunities that exist in a D2 or in a D3 or in an NAIA. And I think we kind of owe it and continue to owe it to our players to make sure that they're being well-educated on those things. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say to people that, the only people that say Division Three basketball isn't good basketball are people who have never seen it. And, I mean, certainly that's, have that's never, and certainly have never been able to play at, at anywhere near oh, that level. Definitely either. never played it. Definitely never played it. But even never even sat in the bleachers and watched. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, definitely never seen it. They have never seen them, or else they would they would completely change their mind on that. Yeah, I, I really like when I talk to coaches and I've talked to someone here who've talked about, you know, taking their high school guys to actually go see like a D3 game or, or JUCO mm-hmm. or NAIA. And, and they and they tell me every single time when they take their players to go see it, the players are just like blown away by like the ability level at that level. And I think that that's a real great way to kind of get, get players also, one, to get them to realize how high a level of basketball is at that level. But two, maybe also uh, get some of your players who have collegiate aspirations, maybe uh, a bit of a... Uh, reality check for a lack of a better term about what what it what it actually takes to play at the next level yeah no that's definite and you know until i started doing this i never realized that division three is kind of a a, a regional type thing mm. like well, you, oh, really? you don't have any division three right i mean is there any division three in arizona we have, in uh, to my knowledge, I do not believe we do. Yeah, I mean, see, I, okay. I never realized that until yeah, I really we, started doing this. We don't even have Division Two, I don't believe. We obviously have Division One, and then I think mm-hmm. we have JUCO and NAIA. I think right. that's it. I don't even think and, we have Division Two. <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, it's it's crazy to think that that you know when you think about you know college athletics, right? People always think. 
you know, they think Florida, they think Texas, they think California, right? For the for a lot a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Between those three states, they got twenty five Division three schools. Well, right, yeah. Florida, who everybody thinks about, and when it comes to college athletics, has no Division three schools. Really? Yeah, huh. yeah. See, and then you know, you never notice until you really start looking at this. See, sure. like New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey, so it's a small state. We have fifteen. Wow, I, did I not have know fifteen that, yeah. from where I am right now. Within an hour and a half, I got fifteen Division three schools. Right, the state of Pennsylvania has. Last time I looked, fifty nine. Now these kind of, you know, these might fluctuate a little bit here and there. Had fifty nine, and New York has sixty four. Right, and, so I mean, a lot of the opportunity is on the East Coast. So if you have kids out out by you, they're going to have to travel to play Division Three. Right, they're going to have to, you know, they're they're going to have to go. I mean, there's some in the Midwest, you know, like Illinois has, I think, twenty. Yep, uh, Illinois has a lot. Yep. Wisconsin has some, but I never realized that a lot of it is a regional thing, and you don't even realize it until you really start to look at this. Yeah, to think that New Jersey's got 15, and we here in Arizona have zero. So. (laughs) Right, right. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, like Maine has like 12. Yeah. Well, you would think Maine. What's in Maine? Nobody, (laughs) you know, you don't ever hear anything athletic. Coming out of Maine, right? 12, 12 Division three schools. Yeah, twelve Division threes. Right? Interesting. So, also, you know, those kids in those other places. You know, if you start contacting coaches, coaches like to bring in. I mean, of course, they're going to like look to bring in kids, especially if they're like a state school, where they're going to look to kids. You know, in their state, this way, those kids will have, will be paying less, mm-hmm. which also means that they'll be have to offer them less in scholarship money. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they'll be looking at them. But if I'm a coach at, you know, I don't know, Wilkes College in Pennsylvania, and I could bring in a kid from Arizona, I look like a good recruiter, don't I? I mean, I brought this kid from Arizona here. Mm-hmm. I brought a kid from Arizona up to Pennsylvania <laughs> to play for me. Mm-hmm. How did, you know, people, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know. Kid didn't really have a choice. You had yeah, to, yeah, right. Well, he wasn't going. He wasn't going anywhere moves. local, <laughs> right? You know, but, but I mean, it does. Say they like to diversify the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you see a lot of the everybody has a international player now. Sure, you know, it's yeah. good and recruiting. If you can recruit, you know that that's how you move up the ranks in the yeah. in the coaching game. You know, that's right. You're you're recruiting. Your ability to recruit. And your graduation rate at the at the division three, division two levels, we're going to get you to move up the up the ladder. Mm. You know, yeah. so I mean, they're I recruiting. Agree. They got to make sure they're bringing in the right kid. And you know, of course, they got to win games. But you you win games by bringing in the right kid. Mm-hmm. Right? If you bring in a bunch of kids that aren't going to be academically eligible, yeah, or they're not a good fit, teams, not not good character, right? Yeah. And then you know, and oh, but the kid can play. Yeah. If I'm the AD, I don't care how good the kid is. Mm-hmm. We just gave this kid $30,000. You know, I would tell you, if you brought him in, I'd say, hey, Mike, you know, you brought this kid in. You gave him $30,000. The kid hasn't played. He's academically ineligible. He got in two fights. He got kicked 
he got suspended from the sport, whatever the case. And he's played three games. They're like, do you want to get us both fired? Yeah, right. Uh, you got to bring in the right kids. And yeah, are, yeah, are yeah. We're all going to go down. Yeah, yeah. Is, we're all we're all going to sink on that one. Yeah. People cool. never look at it from mm -hmm. the um from the college coach's point of view. Mm. You yeah. know, they never look at it from the high school coach's point of view either. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right? You know, I, agree. I mean, you yeah. know, you're, you know, nothing worse than, than the, the kid who says, oh, my high school coach is going to do all my recruiting for me. Uh, uh -oh. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> right? What are you going to do then? You're going to, you know, you're going to get all this, all, the, all these e emails and all this stuff. You're going to send it to all these coaches. Mm -hmm. You know, and then what? You know, what are you, you going to do? You're going to say, oh, he wants to, um, I don't know, he wants to study business. And, uh, you know, you're going to go through all this stuff. And you know what? At the end of the, end of the day, people aren't happy most of the time anyway. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're not. Really? Kids aren't yeah. happy with where they end up. And parents, a lot of times, aren't happy no, with where they not. end up. No. Right. Yeah, because no, they, they always think that they're better than they are. Not always. I shouldn't say always. Because I've had some. I've worked with some parents who were really good. They knew exactly what was going on. You know, they wanted a place to go. They wanted a place for their, their kid to play. They wanted to save some money on the on the, the tuition. They knew the kid was a Division three kid. And they were happy with the results. Yeah. But if they just yeah. dump it on your, in your lap and say, hey, yeah. Coach Hernandez is going to take care of me. And, uh, you uh, know. Oh, uh, oh. And then, right. Right. And then every uh -oh. three weeks, they say, <laughs> I haven't heard from anybody, Coach. What's going on over there? Well, um, well yeah, yeah. Like, don't hey, don't put I, this all on me, because right, uh, don't, don't don't put it all on me. I got seven seniors here. You know what? Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm going to sit here. And I, you know, I, I, you know, I teach. I do this. I right as soon as basketball season's over, what happens to the basketball coach? He becomes like the freshman baseball coach, uh, right? A lot of times, yeah. Or he coaches some uh, spring track. Or lacrosse, or whatever the case, he's not sitting there. You know, it's not his full time job to sit there and help you get recruited, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's just not it's not fair to put that all on him. And yeah. you know, people do all the time, yeah, yeah. all the time. And then, well, the coach doesn't do anything for us. Oh yeah, so, well, yeah. you know what you have to do. Yeah, who the responsibility goes to, yeah. Right. You have to put in that legwork, whether you do it yourself or you, you come on with a company like like Recruit Look, like my company. Right. And we set it up where we put in the work. We help you put in the work, let's say. And then at the end, we say the kid that could come to you and say, hey, coach, you know what? I talked to these three schools. They might be calling you. Right. So at least you're ready. You have an idea. Hey, these three schools might be calling. If those schools don't call. That kid could come up to you and say, hey, folks, I got these four schools. So any chance that maybe here's the phone numbers of the coaches. So any chance you could give these kids, a, these coaches a call for me. Mm -hmm. Now, are you going to do that? Of course you are. Yeah. Most coaches will, right? Absolutely. But you're not going to go scouring through, you know, 400 different websites trying to find <laughs> all these emails and all these phone numbers. No, and no, what, no. No got time. I don't what, have time for that. <laughs> right. What, what what grade, what GPA you have, and then you're going to go, well, with the sliding scale, we could get them. Into, no, you, you can't do it that way. Mm -hmm. it never, it's never going to work like that. It's not fair to the college coach, and it's not fair to the high school coach. People mm -hmm. really put way too much on, on both of them. When yeah. the truth is, you have to do the legwork, right? 
you have to set that up so you, as the high school coach, can call four people, five people, something like that. Maybe send an email. Then you get into, I mean, if you guys have huddle or a crossover or sure. you know, one of those, you can get into a, a sharing the video, you know, stuff like that. But you mm -hmm. have to, you know, you have to do the legwork first. And that's the part that where, where people don't understand. And the legwork isn't put my information on the, the comments section on Twitter of every college coach I see. You know, you see those kids. And, and you know, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. But if that's all you're going to do, you're wasting a lot of time. I mean, I yeah, know yeah. kids that wasted six months thinking, hey, you know what, the, call, the calls will come. Those Division One coaches, those calls will come. And they never come. Right? They never come. And and you can kind of, and I, you can tell, but you can't tell the kid that. And you feel bad telling the kid that. You don't want to crush the kid's dream, but at the same time, you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're, you know, so they're, I kind of walk a fine line like that, where, you know, what do you do? You know, if a kid doesn't want to sign on with me, okay. I mean, you know, it's okay. Mm. I mean, I can only work with so many kids anyway. Yeah, right. So you yeah, know, you got to give your give your time to certain ones anyway, right? And, right, right. So I mean, we go we go very deep into this, right? I mean, like in, in like the first four weeks that a kid comes on with me, I want to, I want to have, I want to have him research, learn how to research schools, right? Find out the right schools for him or her, mm -hmm. right? Then we're gonna put the put together, you know, what we call a target list of schools, and that's gonna change as we go. We're going, to, we're going to start with 25 schools, right? We're going to get the contact information. We're going to start to contact, start to contact coaches. I want to contact 100 schools in, a, in the first four weeks, right? And then we could go from there where we'll even, like later, we'll even start to practice like phone calls, okay. right? So we'll, we'll yeah. start to practice like, hey, you should ask coach this. How to have the conversation. Sure. Right. This coach might ask you this, might ask you that. Right, we we go over how to analyze, you know, schools like real interest in you, which is very hard for kids. They think they get an email back that says, "Come to our camp July 3rd. They think they're going there. They think, "Hey, that coach is recruiting me." No. <laughs> when the truth is, he's not. You know, I mean, you know, sad to say, but it's true. I mean, and you know, and there's always going to be some of those kids that, yeah, but what about Johnny Jones? And, okay, all right, it happens once out of every country. Right, the one, the one percent. Yeah, yeah. There's, that's the back right? to the numbers that we talked about, right? Right. It's all about those numbers, right? When you really think about it, right? So, I mean, you, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do this, right? If you really want to play, mm -hmm. right, and you really want to go to school, get that degree, and you know, set yourself up for life. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Sure. I mean, I could sit here for another hour and tell you about <laughs> different things. Honestly, I'm sure you know, there's so much. There's so much to it. There's so much behind it that that we right. that we have no idea about. Right. I mean, learning about visits, you know, unofficial, official visits, you know, um, in-home, in-house visit. You know, when you get a coach to come to your house, you know, all the questions you should be asking a coach. Mm -hmm. Right. So even if you on on Twitter, let's say, you put your information on everybody's comment section. You post it on all these guys' 
boards or web page, whatever you want to call it. And a coach does happen to see it and and contact you. That's only the very beginning. You're, that's right? just that's like the very, the very beginning first, of the process. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it might have taken you six, seven months to get to that point. Right? Now, you think about all those kids that have gotten offers and they were on visits and all this stuff in that time. I think about how far ahead in the game they are. Wow. Yeah. Right? There's so much. I mean, you know, like we both are, both coaches, right? So, I mean, if you say you find that point guard that you like, you find him, I don't know, September of his junior year, where you're coaching Division Three, let's say. Mm -hmm. You might just stop recruiting at that point. Right? You got the commitment from this kid. You know he's coming. Those kids have been, been wasting their time for the last six, seven months. You don't even know who they are. Right? Because Division Three, you don't have a huge recruiting budget. Right? You can't get out to all these gyms. Even if you could get out to all these gyms and all these AAU tournaments going on, you don't have a whole lot of time. So you're going to walk into these gyms. There's going to be four games going on. Three of them are eight and nine-year-old girls games. You're a men's coach at a college. Right? You wasted your day. Right? Yeah, yeah. Time that you, you don't have. Right. right? You, you're never going to randomly just, for the most part, you're never going to randomly just stumble upon a kid. No. There's going to be right. so much work that, that went into it beforehand, right? Right. And that goes right back to the beginning of what we're talking about with the contacting coaches and researching schools and, and all this kind of stuff where you got to, you know, you got to put in the time. And when I say, like, I say to kids, like, you know, a lot of recruiting is off the court. Yep. I'm not even talking like the weight room and the classroom. I mean, that's, that's a given, right? All your competition, that's a given. They're all going to do that. Sure. They can all play. They're all going to work out. They're all going to yeah. be trainers, right? Yeah, that, that, that's with... like the minimum. Everyone's doing that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> right. You're now at that level where you're not going to have the kid. You're not going to be playing against a kid who's really a football player, right? He likes basketball. He plays in the winter, you know, and you're playing yeah. against the top. We'll be, we'll be nice and say 7% of all players in high school once you get to college. So they're all going to be like that. They're all going to be three years of working with a trainer. They're all going to be all division, all county, you know, whatever they, you know, whatever it is in, in your mm -hmm. state or your county, whatever. They're all going to be really good players. Right? So you, you got to separate yourself from them. It's, Especially it's... like when you're like a sophomore. If you're a sophomore, you're playing varsity and you have any intention of playing in college, you have to have already been started. Right? You have to already have been started looking into this. And you have to already have been contacting coaches and following up with coaches and all this kind of stuff. It's or like a full-time job, it seems. It's like it's like yeah. full-time work. Yeah. Oh, it, it is. I know we like to tell a kid that, you know, when you sign on with me, say you're like a sophomore. I like to do like sophomore year, like, you know, spring, early spring. Right, so we have two AAU seasons, right, to really get this moving. Mm -hmm. You know, we get we get all of our contact information into the right hands. We get the coaches we see we, by then we've seen where we fit. Right, we get to maybe we get the coaches to come out and watch and play AAU, right, and then junior year 
we start doing visits. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to really get this right. Or you end up going like the stories I told you in the beginning, where you end up going to a school and these schools will take you. Right. And whether that school's right for you or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, what what? Now you you this transfer portal, okay. I mean, how's the transfer portal work out for division three kids? There isn't one. But mm-hmm. you know, like okay, so neither you go to transfer. You waste you just wasted a year. Yeah, you're not getting that time back. Right, you just wasted a year. I mean, you you could have put in the time and the effort a year ago and really found out where, where you want to go. Right? Because the, the kids that do the worst with me are honestly the kid that says, when we start talking about academics, he says, oh, I just want to play football or I just want to play basketball. Those kids are home in a year a lot of times. So they, didn't, they didn't do any homework. They didn't do any they, research. Yeah. yeah. Went in they blind. Oh, man, you know, I got to go to class. <laughs> Nobody no, told I, me I, that. I was just going to show up and practice. And I was, once did November hit, I was done. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that would be a football example. But, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, they're home. One, a year later, they're home. And now they're going, probably, if they go back to school at all, they're going to their like, local school. They won't play again. Well, they'll try out, you know, and you think about that. If you have a tryout at your Division three, how bad do you have to be, right? If we're coaching the Division three team and we bring in three kids, right? We, we gave them all $35,000 in scholarship money, let's say. And yep. a kid walks out onto the court and he's better than all three kids that we, that we brought in. You know, uh, you know Back we're, to the we're numbers. Give, yeah. Right. We're going to give our kids every opportunity to outplay that kid. Mm-hmm. Right. We definitely are because we want to keep our jobs. <laughs> sure. Right? So it's, it's like those guys that are first round picks in the NFL. Right. I mean, those guys have seen it stink. But three years later, they're still trying to still trying to convince themselves this guy can play. Yeah, I, I can be the one to fix them or a coach has that mentality. Right. Like, right, right, going. and you know, and it comes from the GM and the owners and everything else. And like, hey, you know, we, we drafted this guy first. You can't play that guy we signed as an undrafted free agent. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, we got to play the guy that we invested all this time and money in. Right, that kid's going to get every opportunity every to play chance. over you. Yep. Right. So if that same kid, he would have put in the work a year ago, would have found, hey, XYZ University, you know, Coach Hernandez, hey, he likes me. You would have given that money to him instead of one mm-hmm. of the three kids you end up giving the money to. Mm-hmm. Right? But this this yeah. other kid, he sat back and thought, I'll just walk on, basically. Well, it's hard to walk on. Well, and and I'm sure for I'm sure there's also probably, you know, coaches and people are like, why, why is this guy just walking on? How come he hasn't been proactive and been doing all this work in beforehand? What does that say about him that, you know, this hasn't been happening? Right, right. Exactly what, what we were getting at before when, when it comes to like your Twitter and you don't have it updated. Right? How hard is it to update every six months your Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just... so the kid can't update his Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do when he has to take college classes and and balance that with practice and workouts and all this kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I want that kid, right? And like you were saying about the, the email to send a, a coach. You want to look like like a professional, 
right? Because you, you're a professional now, right? You're going college. There's no more, you know, you know, my mother's going to send a note. There's no more of that, you know? I mean, you, you got to look professional because mm-hmm. you got to make sure that these guys know that you want to play, right? You want to play and you're going to do what it takes to play, right? Like you said, with this other kid, the kid that walked on, right, exactly. Why didn't this kid contact anybody? You know, or what's wrong with this kid? Did this, this kid, um... yeah, that's probably the way it's going to be phrased. Right. What's wrong with right. what happened to this kid? Does anybody know anything? Where'd this kid come from? Where's he live? Let's find a local division three. Where, you know, where's he, you know, where's he been for the last two years? And yeah. we don't know who he is. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it's a tough thing for, for kids. I mean, you know, it just is. Because, like we said a couple times here, you know, they don't know what they don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you can't really blame them for that. I mean, somebody to kind of guide them along the way. No, right. I, no, you, need, absolutely... you, you need somebody in your corner or you're going to be, you know, you're going to be outside looking in most times. Yeah. Um, to wrap up, and then I definitely am going to have to have you back on here because like you said, there's probably so much more that we can we can touch on and, and, and talk about. So definitely have to have you back on to, 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 to keep diving into this topic. But I wanted to leave with, uh, just, 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 just this one final question here to, to, to kind of wrap things up. And, and, and that question was, do you, do you think in general, in your experience, do you think that there is too much pressure that's being put on student athletes to be seen and recruited? Do, do you feel like, like, like that is the case? Do you feel like it's not the case? What do, what do you feel, uh, in terms of, of, for the student athletes, in terms of the, the amount of pressure that, that, that they might be feeling to, to play at the next level? Oh yeah, I I think the pressure. If you if you went back to even if you went back to say two thousand three two thousand four, the pressure is fifty times worse now mm. than it's ever been before. Okay, you you could you I, I have kids parents contact me. What's the best AAU team for our ten year old? Because we're looking for more exposure. <laughs> right, it's like. Uh-huh. 10 years old. Okay. I mean, I mean, that alone, you know what that kid's up against. His parents have more pressure on him or her than, than you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Right. Cause that, that, that question didn't just pop up out of the blue. Oh no. Right? Those no, parents no. been talking about that for months. Right. Yeah. They don't like the other AAU coach. They didn't like what their nine year old AAU team did. They didn't think they played in enough tournaments or, Whatever the case, they didn't like something, and they want more exposure. And you, you have to say, like, 10-year-old exposure. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you What, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, How? 10 years old. Lizzo's going to see you play a 10 and come off the, come out of the bleachers and go for your scholarship or something. I, mean, I don't know. You know, I, I don't understand. Instead of just working with your kid. Got to get better. You got to, right? You got to get better every year until you get to be 14, let's say. And that year, maybe, maybe if that, if your kid is really good, you'll know it by then. Because that's when yeah. AAU teams will be coming out of the woodwork trying to get you. The, 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 the AAU will come recruiting you. <laughs> yeah. They'll come looking for you at that point. And then you'll know, hey, you know, hey, we got something here. Yeah. Right. So, but the pressure also comes from, you know, the, the social media, right? Social media. Right. Every day you see these kids that are they're announcing their offers and this and that. And kids start to think, 
I'm like the only one without an offer. Right? Where, where's my offer? This this guy is off. He just announced that he's got 12 Division One offers or six Division One, three Division Two. You know, where's my offer? You know, I'm playing hard, this and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that puts pressure on a kid. Yeah, comparison. You know, it does. And then you take into account that college is way more expensive than before. I mean, if you went back to the 90s, I couldn't, I don't even know what the um, percentage would be. It, I mean, it was 200, up by 200% in some places. I don't it even wouldn't, know, wouldn't surprise honest. me even, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and so much more expensive. And there's more kids are playing like AAU, these travel tournaments and this and that. And their parents yeah, the are looking, yeah. right, their parents are looking, you know, to athletics to, to help pay for that college. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's not more colleges. Right. There's not more opportunities than there used to be. Right. But it's just got more kids, expensive. Right. <laughs> it's more expensive. There's more kids looking to play. And the number of spots really hasn't went up. Right. You, did you ever see a new college? I guess once in a while you'll see a new college built, but I mean, not really. And, and even if it is, how many how many spots would that even be talking about at that point? Right. Even if, if, if you put another 20, 30 schools, I mean, okay, so you get another uh, 300 spots, give or take, maybe, who knows? And then yeah, as you mentioned I mean, that, about that's the, really what it comes down and to. And then you talked about already all, all the international influence, too, and how many people that adds. So. Right. And then if you went back to the 90s, that, that would that number be a third, probably not yep. even a third. I'm probably being nice at that. Yeah. Of international athletes. I mean, the, the, the competition level is just, I mean, really, really off the charts. And um, mm-hmm. so that's you know, just we, how it is. And it adds to the pressure. And, and, and then you have parents who <laughs> honestly have no problem spending eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a year on an AAU team, yeah. a personal trainer, and a, uh, what else? Uh, just a basketball trainer. I know a kid who has a speed coach. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's, has a speed coach. I'm not sure exactly what that even how, what that even entails, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, and I can't just say I know friends. either. I don't know. But but he's got one. Because one time I called him by at the wrong time, he was on his way to, to meet with his speed coach. Right? <laughs> and they're willing to spend this money from the time the kid's twelve years old. It's an investment, right? yeah. Right. That's a lot of and pressure, will, though. It's a lot, right? And that, right, and that pressure right there, because these the parents will do whatever it takes, and they want that payoff of a Division One full ride, right? And they don't even realize that less than one percent of kids will be able to do that. Yeah, and I can imagine that for a lot, and 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 for a lot of our players. And I think basketball sometimes may 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 see it the worst is just the amount of burnout that 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 can create when, you know, how many how many players who just don't don't love or don't enjoy playing basketball anymore because it's been seen like as as an occupation or as a job or as an investment from their family. And I think there's probably a lot that we could do as, uh, you know, parents or coaches or, or 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 just adults in general to not not make our players feel like you know basketball is a job for them at you know ten years old and that. Uh, and and sap all of the love and enjoyment out of it from them. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, some of these kids, have, by the time you see them junior year of high school, they've had a full time basketball job for the last five years. 
You know, they've been playing year-round. They're going to trainers year-round. They a, traveling for AAU tournaments and travel tournaments and this and that year-round for the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. And and their parents, you know, they, and, and we've touched on this before. I don't want to, you know, kill parents and everything. They want what's best for their kid. But at some point, you know, you, ha- you have to realize that, you know, Division One's not in the cards for 99% of people. Right. Back to the numbers, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Numbers, I mean, the numbers tell the story, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, people, you know, well, we want to be one of those 1%. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You, you think, okay, and you look at dad. Dad's, you know, six foot. Mom's five three. Right. You know. Okay. <laughs> just describe my okay. parents right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I'm six you foot. Think your kid's so. gonna be six eight. <laughs> it didn't right? work and out for that, me that way. No. <laughs> right. Right. And then you get that one percent. Um, I even try to break it down even more than that. Right. The one percent. All the kids that you see that that come to me, they're all between five ten and six one. Yeah. Right. So that one percent also takes every seven footer you've ever seen at the college level, every six ten kid you see, mm-hmm. every six six kid that that jumps out of the jumps out of the gym like a Vince Carter or somebody. Right? What part of that one percent is left for that average kid yeah, who might be a smart player, a tough player? Yeah, sure, you're a good player. You're not going to be the division one player, though. Right. Right. And yeah. you hate to break the kids, break the kids' heart sometimes when you tell them this. Uh, but uh, you know, it's you know, just just the way it is. Yeah. Some somebody has to though. Somebody's got to be the one who's got to lay yeah. it out to them. And and you know, yeah. and but there is going to be some of those who do who do end up making it. So just letting them know, like this is what you're up against. And and right, and kind of... right. Hey, you you want it? Hey, I hope you get it. But I'm just letting you know that, you know. Mm-hmm. The odds are so far against you when it comes to that Division One dream that everybody has. That you know yeah. somebody does have to tell you. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Uh, I'm I'm gonna definitely have to have you back on because there's so much stuff that I'll have to cover here for a part two sometime down the line. But uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and and you know just scratching the surface here, talking about you know just so much that's involved with the recruiting process and as we've talked about, right, the the numbers part that's involved and and just kind of the realistic situation that that you know recruiting is, and then also some really great advice to help recruits out and you know ways that they can put themselves out in the best uh, position possible. So uh, I'm gonna call you coach. That's just what I'm so used to calling you, and I, I know you are still a coach at heart. So. Um, Coach Ross, I just want to thank you for for coming on, uh, talk, talking about it, and keep doing what you're doing, and and hopefully uh, the the things work out really well for for all the all, all the players that you work with. Thank you so much. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. And thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.